Gays Radio, we are family. I'm here in Cape Town with Josh Reimer, Mr. Gay Canada. Thank you very much for joining me and welcome to South Africa. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So you've just completed Mr. Gay World. Tell me about the week and how it was like. It was a very intense week. Very little sleep, not even a lot of food, <laughs> but a lot of amazing experiences and really incredible guys from all over the world. So it seems to me this competition has two aspects to it. There's the kind of beauty pageanty kind of part of it. And then there's the part we don't really see, the, the guys coming together, sharing experiences, um, doing things together. Was there something that stood out for you amongst the group? Well, I was surprised that each guy really seemed to have his own issue that he was fighting for in the LGBTQI community. And there wasn't a lot of overlap. So it really showed me that there is still so much that we need to work on and so much that we need to fight for because especially in Canada we pretty much have equality and so a lot of people can think that the fight's over but it's definitely not. Will the fight ever be over? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but you come from a country that's very progressive and there were some guys here from more repressive countries. Mm -hmm. I found it interesting to see people's perspectives on things you know like Mr. Finland thought there was nothing wrong in the world until he got a bit of backlash for being part of the competition. Did you get any backlash, any, any negative reactions? No, I didn't really. You know, I've been on YouTube for like 12 years, so I'm sort of used to some negativity around just being gay in general or doing anything on the internet. But I didn't see anything in particular negative about this. A lot of people said they didn't realize there was a Mr. Gay Canada or a Mr. Gay World. So there was just some surprise, I guess. But I didn't see really anything negative. How did you get selected? Well, in Canada, somebody is in charge of just selecting a person from who's a public figure, who's a good speaker, who could be a leader, and making that person Mr. Gay Canada. So unlike some countries which have a very serious, long competition, mine's one of the countries where they just pick someone, and I was lucky enough to be that person. Okay. Have you done this kind of event before? I have been involved in a couple competitions similar to this, but definitely not at this scale. So uh, you also went around this week and went to various places, Kailisha, the Pride Shelter Trust and so on. Um, your impression of South Africa coming from that kind of experience? Well, it's very different than Canada, of course. It was pretty eye-opening, but I see a lot of you know great people here, a lot of positive attitudes and a desire for equality and and for change and so I, I I've been quite impressed by South Africa and I'm excited to stay here for a few days after the competition to really see more of it because the competition was so intense and it was just constantly go 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 so you think some of the other guys should also stay behind and have a, a bit of a look-see afterwards I think so I mean it was far for all of us to get here everybody had their stories of just how many hours it took to fly here so I think once you're here and you're just competing the whole time, it's important to see the area as well mm. as a bit of a tourist. Now, you also spent time with these 21 other guys. Anybody that stood out for you? Well, I really like Spain. He got first runner-up. Uh, he, right from the beginning, was... He's so warm and charismatic. He's very good-looking, and you know he's a family doctor, and he's done great things back in Spain for... Uh, HIV AIDS and other illnesses so he really stood out to me and of course you know the Philippines won and they take pageants very seriously and he came with his entourage of 30 people so he meant business and uh, yeah he was very prepared so I was happy that he won too.
You, did you have a Rara team supporting you? I had one person, the person okay. who's in charge in Canada. He came for the last half. And so, yeah, it was nice to have some support because you had a whole range of people who were here completely by themselves and the Philippines with 30 people. <laughs> so do you think a competition like this has any worth? I do because I think it's more and more moving away from just body beautiful and focusing on the advocacy, which is great because, like I said, there are so many different issues. Each guy brought something different that he's dealing with in his country or focusing on in the world. And I think this just helps bring light to those issues. And I'm really hoping that the new Mr. Gay World will really use the platform to bring more awareness to so many of the issues that we talked about this week. So you've been dealing with uh, some issues in your country. Tell us about your campaign and, and what you are involved in. Well, I feel really lucky and privileged to be in a country where I can totally be myself. My prime minister is very supportive of our community. He's he, also very handsome. He is, yeah. <laughs> he marches in our pride parade. And we just came out with a coin, like legal currency, that celebrates 50 years of decriminalizing homosexuality. And it says equality on it in our two official languages, French and English. And that's the first of its kind in the world. So it's, a, it's an amazing country to live in if you're LGBTQI. And so I feel like I have a responsibility to help other people who aren't as lucky as I am. I don't really deserve to live there and other people don't deserve to live in countries where being LGBTQI is dangerous. So I'm working with organizations that help LGBTQI refugees to come to Canada and to start over a new life there. It's just something that I'm passionate about and I've been volunteering and fundraising and now starting my own circle to bring a refugee over and support him once he's arrived. It seems it's hard for refugees sometimes. I mean, you look, uh, there was a story recently about somebody from Africa who had to prove he was gay yeah. before he got laid. How does that work? How, how do you get a refugee into a country going, this is a gay person who's being persecuted where he is or she is? Um, yeah. And how do you prove that? <laughs> Right. I mean, that is really a difficult part for sure. And also there's sort of a, there's cultural differences. So what we in Canada might perceive as being gay might be a bit different. So I've been told that, you know, they'll check the person's cell phone to see if there's any gay related apps on there. They'll interview them just to see if they have a relationship or, you know, I think the best that they can do is just try to figure it out. But uh, that's definitely a tough part that they haven't fully figured out yet. Mm. Lots of people asking for refugee status in your country? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people asking for refugee status anywhere. You know, they're, they're stuck in refugee camps and they just want to get out and go somewhere where they would be welcomed. And Canada, I think, has a reputation for being very welcoming and very open and friendly to LGBTQI people. So I think that's why a lot would like to go there. And the gay life in your country, where do you stay? Where do I stay? Yeah, which city? Oh, I'm in Vancouver. Vancouver. So what is gay life like in Vancouver? You've got lots of clubs and bars and places to go to. Well, more and more it seems like the gay-specific venues are disappearing. I think because it's just so inclusive there, you can go anywhere, um, especially in a place like Vancouver. I can walk around anywhere and holding hands with my fiancé and it's not an issue. So there are still some gay venues for sure. There is a, a gay street called Davy Street. But more and more we're seeing that uh, it just feels like we're just sort of being integrated and just everybody's everybody. <laughs> Do you think there's a danger in that, that that will become invisible? I'm not sure. I feel like this is sort of what we were fighting for in the beginning. So 
it is sort of sad sometimes that we don't have the gay venues of the past, our own special places. But at the same time, I think it is great if we can just not necessarily focus on what's making us different, but just how we're all the same. And your personal life, you're married, engaged, single? I'm engaged. I'm getting married in a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm excited. That's the next thing I have to start working on. <laughs> That'll take a lot of planning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I can pull off this competition, I can pull off anything. You can do anything. <laughs> you were very flashy there in your, in your jacket uh, mm. on Saturday night. Uh, so that was an interpretation of your national dress. Right. So national costume. I went for a Mountie, a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and just, yeah, spiced it up with some sequins and a little pride flag. Just sort of made it my own. Okay. Now, um, you're spending a day or two in Cape Town, and then what's your plans when you get back? Well, when I get back, I'm actually going to a few different Pride festivals. First, Winnipeg Pride uh, in Canada, but also a couple of Pride festivals in the United States as well, since they're right next to us. So it's going to be a busy summer just traveling around. And your impression of Cape Town? I think Cape Town's beautiful. Yesterday I got to go on a little ride in a sidecar for a couple hours and the scenery was just spectacular. So I'm really looking forward to spending a couple more days just checking it out. Josh Ramey here in Cape Town with me. I'm Hendrik for Gaze Radio, where you are family.